Welcome to the Retail Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Williamson. In the podcast, we're discussing the critical importance of retail system stability to keep your business running smoothly and protect your bottom line. Joining us today are veteran Jeff Patterson, CTO at Red Iron. Welcome back, Jeff. Hey, welcome. And newcomer and special guest to the video show podcast we do here, Dale Dawson. Welcome, Dale. Thanks, Jeff. Dale is a retail specialist with us at Red Iron with 28 years of experience in retail. Together, these two will bring a unique perspective on retail technologies and help ensure your systems are stable and your customer experience consistent. If you're new to the show, welcome. We're Red Iron, a systems integrator that helps retailers optimize their systems for success. Whether you need to implement new technology or update existing systems, Red Iron has the expertise to help you achieve your goals. So tune in as we discuss strategies for maintaining retail systems stability and discover how Red Iron can help you keep your business running smoothly. So head over to redirontech.com for more information about our services and follow us on social media for all retail news and updates. As a retailer, your worst nightmare is experiencing system downtime. Imagine this scenario, fellas. It's a busy Saturday afternoon and customers are flooding into your store. Your employees are busy trying to keep up with the crowds when suddenly your pause system goes down Chaos ensues as customers become frustrated, employees become flustered, and the lines grow longer and longer. Not only does this type of situation create frustration and poor customer experiences, but it also can result in significant financial losses. In fact, according to a recent Gardner survey, retailers can lose on average up to $5,600 per minute during an outage. That's a staggering amount of money and one that no retailer would want to lose. Companies have realized this and are starting to invest in monitoring to help create a seamless shopping experience. Well-known home improvement retailer Lowe's has embraced this approach with their total home strategy in which they created a new position at the company called an SRE or a site reliability engineer. Their ultimate goal, stable systems during peak shopping periods. As the industry evolves, it's essential for companies to invest and bring stability to both e-commerce and brick and mortar systems. Fortunately, there are tools to help solve this problem such as monitoring tools. These tools are game changers for retailers with advanced capabilities that can detect and alert retailers of potential issues before they escalate into full-blown system failures. In the episode today, we're gonna to sit down with Dale and Jeff here and discuss the importance of monitoring and stable systems. So uh, Dale, you're new to the system, or new to the podcast, sorry. Um, so I'm gonna pick on you first. What would you okay. say is the importance of having a stable, uh, stable store systems? Um, a stable store system is going to give the store and the, you know, the whole organization, um, a, a basically an invisible backbone, if you will. Um, people will use the system, but they aren't necessarily all excited that it's stable. It's kind of like one of those things where you go to your car and you turn the key and it starts and off you go, you don't think about it. That is what a store system needs to be it's used right. heavily but nobody even thinks it. it it literally is taken for granted um and that really kind of is the baseline in my opinion for a store system for sure jeff anything you would want to add yeah i mean i think one of the unique challenges with store systems is just their um you know they're they're diffuse geographically so you know a cloud system is much easier to achieve stability because you've got failover and you've got you know um, alternative avenues for the application to run in the store 
you've got what you got. You know, you you go to you go to sea on the ship that you've got, and that's 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 what you've got for the short term. So if something's going wrong, your avenues for correction are are narrow. So it's it's mm-hmm. in, in some ways a lot more critical to invest in store stability than it is even on your enterprise side because your enterprise side is just such a more um, you know inherently resilient uh, application architecture. Mm-hmm. And what would you guys say could be some consequences of say you were you know facing some instability? What are some of the things that could happen um, that might have some negative uh, influences on the retailer or on customers? Well, have happened. I mean, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's we don't have to you know imagine. I mean, we've we've seen right. uh, customers who are you know money's walking out the door, and not only yeah. that. So I mean, money's walking out the door. That that's bad enough. But then you get, you know, a black eye and it's like, eh, I'll just order online or whatever. I'm not going back to that place because, you know, I, I took mm-hmm. 45 minutes to choose something and then I had to bail. So, yeah, I think I think the the real, yeah. I mean, there are immediate problems, but the, but the more insidious problem is that, you know, people are walking out and you don't hear from them again. You know, you don't get an opportunity yeah. to um, rectify it, whereas, you know, you that that's really what you'd hope. So. It's, I think, critical that you know you don't you you are doing everything you can to make sure that the um, you know purchasing experience can be as painless as possible, friction-free as possible. And certainly, if there's a catastrophic failure, in other words, I I, I just can't check you out. Even if that you know even if you've got great associates that are sort of trying to paper over that, it's going to be a problem for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody is in a in a fight for the same share of, of wallet that's out there in terms of customers. So they spend a ton of money in the first place to try to get those customers in the door. And then when, if something happens like that and they end up just walking right out, it's that same battle all over again to try and win them back or even harder. Right. I think I think another angle, too, is if you've got store systems that are not stable, you know, as a retailer, you've invested in your staff, you've got teams in place, um, you've got processes in place where you um, know how you want to treat the transaction, the customer, all of these kinds of things. And, you know, it's a nice, lovely, well-oiled machine. And if the system goes down, all of a sudden now, all of that falls apart. Right. Um, even from a cashier where the focus is, you know, customer service, et cetera, their stress level just automatically goes through the roof. Right. Yeah. And understandably. Um, there's, you know, a lot, a lot more pressure on, on cashiers or, you know, um, team leads, managers. Right. And if the system is fairly unstable, this additional stress and whatnot is going to be like, you know what, I really don't need this kind of aggravation. And all of a sudden now we're talking staff turnover. And that then becomes a very expensive proposition from a retailer because they're now like, i got to train these guys, more guys. And all of a sudden now I get this flow of people coming through. And what's very interesting is if you've got retailers that are, have got solid staff and whatnot, they actually build rapports with customers. They know customers by name. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden you've got this synergy that's happening that's completely got nothing to do with systems directly, but indirectly, I've got a nice, comfortable work environment for my associates. So they're gonna be there. They like it, they're doing their jobs well. And by default, 
they all of a sudden now start knowing all of these customers. So it's this mm -hmm. ginormous synergy that happens and it's really easy to break. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I don't really think a lot of people think about that. Yeah, absolutely. So not just customers turning over, but employees getting frustrated, yeah. not wanting to deal with that as well. Why do I want this, the stress of angry customers who are frustrated coming down the line that could go work somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks, fellas. Um, so, you know, retailers spend millions of dollars on these systems sometimes. Um, you think it would be inherent that you might install something or, or deploy a new system and that it would be stable. So my next question to you guys is, you know, what are sort of the contributing factors that might, you know, create uh, system instability? Jeff Patterson first, please. Um, I would say, you know, categorically, it's software quality. You know, you've got vendors mm -hmm. trying to, you know, roll out integrations. You've got a, um, you know, again, you're, your distribution of software is, um, you know, scattered geographically and you don't have right. experts in each store. So, you know, your, your sort of your visibility into your store environments is compromised just by the nature of the fact that they're geographically dispersed and the networking can be, you know, networking. So, um, so I think that, you know, there's the, the software that has to run in these environments has to be um, extremely high quality, has to be tested, has to be, um, uh, to, to a degree, has to be self-correcting. Everything that you put out into your store is you're making yourself hostage to a uh, potential problem. And you have to make sure that everything mm -hmm. that goes out there has the stamp of quality. But, you know, you also got, you know, business mandates to meet. And you've got vendors mm -hmm. who are scrambling to try and get the latest features in or the latest integrations or the newest payment methods. And so, you know, you've got this maelstrom of activity all trying to hit the store where what you really want is a nice, quiet, sort of orderly process. But that's difficult to do when you've got all these, you know, <laughs> business pressures uh, right. hitting you. Dale, anything you would add? Um, no, I think I think Jeff hit the nail on the head. One of the things that um, sticks out in my mind, and um, um, a store system, for lack of a better phrase, will definitely right. um, contain multiple vendor softwares. And mm -hmm. because of that, you know, the retailer will work with all the respective vendors, but that does not mean that the vendors play together well or even know each other. And on top of all of that, we want all of this stuff to work in someplace else, right? So mm -hmm. one of the big challenges that the retailer generally is challenged with or, or doesn't really do is how am I going to take responsibility to basically package all of this stuff up nicely so that I know it's going to go to my places because the, the respective vendors only care about their software. and. Mm -hmm you know, the retailer has to care about all this stuff's got to work together. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they're kind of left holding the bag, if you will. Right. And from a, a pure technologies perspective, that's a pretty big ask. And retailers mm -hmm. overall, they're not in the IT world. They're in the retail world. So we're now yeah. asking mm -hmm. a retailer to hold the bag of a pretty sophisticated ask 
in terms of making sure that my remote my, my remote site can actually accept and I can be responsible for fully integrating all of this software. That's that's tough. That's not that's a big ask. It is a big ask. So internally they have all those it's it's complex in nature is what I'm hearing and that's a big part of what can sort of create instability. Hmm. What about external factors like um, you know in terms of cybersecurity or even just human error from the side of the retailer? Yeah, I mean the yeah. the it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be exaggerating to say you know typically in your stores you're not you, the the people's concern isn't IT so you know you get mm. you get people who you know can be cavalier about you know it, it requires you to have a firm grip on the environment in order to just manage homogeneity like someone might just think well I'm gonna you know, I like this game. I'm going to install it on the register. That I can play while I, you know, while I'm, <laughs> right. while it's slow. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yep. okay. You know, that, 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 that might seem innocuous to you, but it might be in fact, you know, you know, malware, what have you. I mean, so, yeah. so you're hostage again to just an environment that you can't control and that the people that are interacting with that environment don't have the full picture in terms of what the implications of what they might be doing. They might have the best of intentions. It might not even be, you know, it might not be a game. It might just be, oh, I know how to, you know, I'm going to jazz up this computer, make it a little faster or something, you know, and so off you go. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that the, that the challenge is really that, you know, you have to deliver something that's bulletproof from a software perspective, but also from a, you know, you know, and there, there's nefarious actors out there, right? You've got people who yep. have all day interacting with your software to think of ways that maybe they could work it to their advantage, right? And so you've got to sort of think about how to present to your store environments a piece of software that is not only stable, but also, you know, um, um, you know protected from intrusion and um, impervious to tampering. And, you know, that that's a lot to think about when you're just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to do business here. And now all of a sudden I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sort of pulled into all these sort of ancillary tasks that have nothing to do with that, but are critical because, you know, again, if something happens that negatively affects my business, then it's bad. I was just trying to play Minesweeper. I <laughs> <trying> <laughs> didn't, didn't mean to crash everything or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dale, I mean, anything you would, you would add to that? Yeah. Well, I, I also do think, and I've seen this, pretty much everywhere for all of our, our, our retailers, right, is um, it's not uncommon, you know, for if the cashier ever gets into a position where they don't know what to do, they just reboot it. Um, yeah. Generally speaking, um, that's not a really good idea. Uh, applications can be running. They can, you know, a hard reboot is going to not do good things. Mm -hmm. uh, Fortunately, there are some controls in place that will stop this, but, you know, that's kind of what can happen. Um, and that's not something that that normally people will, will do, right? Like, you don't know, just kind of like, oh, I don't like that word page. I'm going to reboot my laptop, um, you know, mm -hmm. but in, in a retail world, that's really kind of, what happens and that takes you know some 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 application savviness to be able to handle that without corrupting stuff um 
like what else is the what else is the operator going to do right i got to get this customer through my 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 system's frozen well we'll just unfreeze it by unplugging it or whatever um, that's not a common activity that happens back at corporate office mm -hmm. but and and that's you know we're not installing anything we're not you know changing anything but it's just what we're doing that is not going to be good yeah, and you raise an interesting factor that is, you know, a, a crash or an issue doesn't look like, doesn't always look like a complete outage or uh, mm -hmm. a machine turning off or something crazy happening. Sometimes it's just something's a little slow, something's lagging. I can't, all of a sudden I can't look up this customer. What do you do? You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's you're just rebooting to get the person through at the end of the day. Right. And, and I mean, stuff like that, which is very sporadic, very singular, right? Yeah. Um, how do you know? Yeah. Like that's something right. that's very, very difficult. You know, if you have a store outage or, um, you know, like a complete corporate outage. Okay. Yeah. You can pick up on that pretty quick. That's pretty mm -hmm. easy to figure out and you got to do something about it pretty quick. But these other little guys, you know, all of a sudden now badness is happening in one little register. Well, who cares about that one little register, so to speak? You right. Know, you know, we'll deal, deal with it when the store closes or whatever. Nobody's going to know about it. You know, oh, oh well. And it's all one of the yeah, next ones. It, yeah, the associate's been rebooting and rebooting, you know, maybe 10, 12 times in a day to get who customers knows? through. Who, who even knows right. other than them? Right. Yeah. And even if you, you know, even if you have help desk, the associates get fatigued, right? I was like, I'm not calling again. All they tell me to do is reboot, so I'll just do it. And so it's like, you're not even getting, you don't even have the ability unless you have some sort of systematic monitoring to know that this is happening. And so you, you know, you're all your, all your diagnosis is anecdotal. Who's calling in and what are they telling mm -hmm. me yeah. versus I can yeah. have visibility into what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And I mean, let's let's be really clear when you're when you're working at the store and you got a problem, what's your first level of support? It's the cashier next to you. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, manager, that happens, just reboot it. The other associate, your 100 percent guarantee that's what's going on. Right. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Or somebody if it's, you know, like there is stuff that happens at the store that results in actions that happens on the register before we've even called help desk. Like for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I think that's a good segue into the next question. So we talked about what some of the sort of contributing factors are to, to creating unstable systems. What are some strategies for improving unstable systems if you have them? Dale, you can go first, please. Well, if you have unstable systems, that's the fact that you can make the statement means that you, you, you actually know you've got right. a problem. And, right, and generally true. speaking, that's actually a very positive thing. If you know you have a problem, you can now start trying to do something about it. With that said, um, absolutely, you know, you want to look at it, but you really what you want to do is you want to understand, you know, why is it unstable? Is it, you know, um, a network thing? Is it a hard drive thing? Is it I'm, I don't have enough horsepower? Right? Is it mm -hmm. the software itself? If I do these five things in this sequence with my left hand and my right hand, fingers crossed, boom. Um, it can be all of these things that are going to quote, quote, 
create instability. Sometimes it could be even applications, though they work individually, they don't mm -hmm. play together well, right? Um, it could be, you know, an operating system update. So there are many, many, many different things that can contribute to an instability. Um, but at least if you know you've got a problem, you can start looking at it. What about if you don't know you have a problem? Like what might that sort of scenario look like? So you're not quite problem aware, you know, what are some things that might crop up that could be an indicator, even if you don't quite see it yet? I think I th you've got, okay, Jeff. No, I think, I think that what you, I mean, is there anybody out there that has perfect knowledge of the sort of running state of their applications? I would say no. And, you know, not. and again, communication isn't perfect. So, you know, you've got the store has a lot of knowledge of what happens day to day, but that is, you know, it, it just, it's too much to aggregate all that up. So, I mean, if you don't have a system that is looking for, um, you know, looking for issues, then I would say you fall into that category. You don't, you know, you might have an impression that, you know, your stores are pretty good and you might get a different impression yeah. talking to your associates at the store level, or you might be right. I mean, but it's, but it's all the might. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's all could be, could not be, it really depends. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I think that the, um, I think mostly people just are unaware and, Rightly so, right? Like, right. And unless you're looking for something, you're not going to find it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if I wanted to know if my retail system was stable, right? Um, I have an expectation that a retail system is going to consume data that I'm sending down. So like, you know, maybe items or customers or whatever, whatever. Yep. Um, there's going to be some action done and I'm going to get some data back. So if I'm ever in a scenario where I'm not getting data back, that to me says, oh, okay, there's probably a problem. Maybe that store is offline, right? Um, if I'm getting data back and my data is not as I expected, it's, it's you know, doesn't, it's corrupted, so to speak, or it's not quite the what I expect, that to me indicates there's a problem, right? Um, if I am sending data down and I'm not seeing any changes in my system, right? That indicates a problem. So mm -hmm. I, I can, to a degree, kind of know that by sniffing around a little bit at, at behaviors on corporate, or for lack of a better phrase. Um, if I was able to see if a register was rebooting beyond its scheduled rebooting, if I was able to see if an application was continually starting up, um, these things would indicate a behavior that's not expected. And those actions while onto themselves aren't the problem, they're indicating that something's not quite right. So those are mm -hmm. the kinds of initial uh, things I would just, you know, check out um, that would indicate, you know, something's not right. This sh I shouldn't be needing to restart this application 10 times a day. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, you know, you go into the lunchroom and you listen to what people are saying. Um, True. And like there's scuttlebutt out there that's going to tell you a lot of information. But, I mean, that's what I'd be doing. Mm -hmm. Jeff, anything you would add? Um, no, I mean, I think that the that the problem of um, diagnostic ability and, and whether you can really assess your system stability is that, you know, 
it's a problem that has yet to be perfectly solved for sure. Gotcha. And it's hard to do without, you know, any types of tool in place like monitoring, yeah. right? I, I would say, right. Even, even, even the best tooling, you know, leaves some gaps because you have to sort of understand what it is you're watching for. So it's not just, oh, mm -hmm. let's just put a tool down. It's, you know, let me understand everything that has to run there and make sure I'm monitoring everything that, that I have on that, on that machine, because it could be, you know, you've always got blind spots, you know? And so the, the yeah, challenge absolutely. is making sure that you're comprehensive in your ability to understand what's happening. And again, you know, you, you've got all these demands and you have to, you know, one of the things that's demanded of you is a stable system, but also is delivering new features and working with new vendors. And so, you know, it just, it, it, all gets compromised out in terms of what you're trying to accomplish but yeah so mm -hmm. so but for sure the ability to perfectly see the running application i think is not is not achievable it's just you want to make sure that your um, whatever monitoring you're using is um, you know capable of giving you as much information as as can be given mm -hmm. so that's a good segue into the the next question i think so you know there's no, there's always going to be gaps, like you just said. Um, so if a monitor or if a retailer were to want to use something like monitoring or pick up some tools like that, what are, would be some sort of key things that they should look at monitoring if they were to do that? Right. Jeff, please. Sure. So, I mean, monitoring again is, you know, what level of scrutiny am I giving this. So, so it's, it's one thing to say, well, I'm, I'm monitoring stuff. It's like, well, okay, no, what is it? And right. is it relevant? Right. Is it relevant? Right. Is the information you're, mm -hmm. you're looking at, it's like, you know, you're, you have to look where the problem is and to know where the problem is, you, it's sort of, it's sort of the cart before the horse, it's like the guy looking for his watch under the street light. It's like, well, did you lose it there? No, I lost it over <laughs> there, but it's dark over there. So, you know, you, you just look right. where you have visibility. And so the, mm -hmm. um, so the issue is really, you know, number one, understand everything that's running out there, understand what the failure points of those systems are, and make sure that any of those are caught in your net, and not only caught in your net, but, you know, um, have, you have the ability to, um, you know, separate the noise from the, from the signal in terms of whether, whether this is happening. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things can happen fairly sporadically throughout the day, and if they're happening, you know, once or twice per store, it might not rise to the level of anyone even noticing it. But if that happens over time, you know, it's again, just this sort of underlying frustration with the associates and the customers. And it's just like, that's not great, but it doesn't rise to the level, as you said, you know, your store is down or, or something is critical that comes to the attention of the, you know, uh, you know enterprise management. Mm-hmm. Dale, anything you'd add? Um, yeah, I would actually break monitoring into three areas. Um, like if I was going to initially start looking at monitoring, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would want to monitor um, expected behavior. So if I am doing X, this should happen. And I'm monitoring this because I want to make sure that I'm always doing it. And it's my happy path, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that I would want to monitor is if I've got business partners, can I monitor my SLAs with them? And I'm going to just use a, a fairly um, 
understandable example of um, credit card processing from a POS register. There is an agreement in place that I should have this kind of response right. time. Yep. Now, I'm, I'm choosing this one in particular because credit card processing is important to retailers. The time it takes is also important to the customer relationship. And there's usually a, an agreement in place with my EFT provider that, hey, I'm going to be able to authorize your cards in under three seconds. So I really want to make sure that, A, that's all working. B, I'm within the SLAs. And C, if I am not doing this, then I need to look at it, even though I might be getting an approval. If it's now taking five or six seconds, something's not quite right. Mm -hmm. So I do kind of want to monitor that kind of stuff. Right. Um, another thing that I would want to monitor is, is my um, for all of the software that I'm running at the store, is it all the same flavor? Um, if right. I've got um, a variance of, of, of versions and this can be right down to Microsoft patching, all of that kind of stuff, anything that makes it different is going to um make my job more difficult because i'm now supporting multiple platforms and mm -hmm. if the applications and all of that stuff aren't the same in my head you are supporting different solution options right and that's all of a sudden now i've doubled my work tripled my work quadrupled my work why would i want to do that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. so i do want to monitor you know like my, my my versions my updates like like are they all the same right and then the, the, the other thing that I would want to monitor are uh, failures. So if I know of a failure, I may not know why it failed, but if something fails and I, I know it failed because this happens, right? Or this doesn't happen. So I want to monitor those events um, because those events tell me I got a problem and I need to look at it. So if I monitor all three of those things mm -hmm. over time, I'm going to ultimately get better and better and better. My systems are going to get more and more and more stable as um, you know, I move towards a single platform. All my SLAs are in place. All the things I expect are happening. And I can see if I've got any you know, blow ups, right? Um, as you um, evolve as a monitoring thing, you know, you, you'll, you'll say, oh, well, I need X, Y, I need, if that blows up, really what I want to do is I want to see this and this and this, but you only know that after you've kind of blown up a couple of times, right? And right. you start to get a better understanding of, you know, what you really want to look for. But at the end of the day, you know, that's the million dollar question. What do you want to look for? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but in my head, if you take that approach, you kind of get to, um, you know, you will get to the goal line, right? Yeah, unfortunately, in a lot of scenarios, I think it takes a blow up and then you start to start thinking about, well, what should I be looking for to prevent that in the future? Right. Um, yeah. But I love what you just shared there, Dale, as sort of like the a groundwork to what you can, can look for sort of proactively. Hmm. Jeff, did you have something to say there? No, I would did just um, cut you off? echo okay. in terms of um, how important homogeneity is. Um, so you think you have the same software rolled out everywhere. And typically when someone start, when we start to engage someone around, um, you know, system stability, that's their, that's, that's almost unfailingly a surprise to them. It's like, wow, you know, I really right. thought I had like three versions out there. <laughs> and I thought, it, I thought it was all one yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it, and turns out you have, you know, 87. It's like, well, okay, well, yeah. let's start there. Because, you know, if, if you, it, it's impossible, it, 
it's very difficult to measure something that is so dynamic across like what you have to do is you know here's my gold image and it's not only the gold image that i've created that enterprise it's i've got it out there and it's the same everywhere and you know i haven't done you know this store was offline for a period of time and so it didn't get update x or y and so now it's you know imperceivably it's different or you know the you know windows updates are turned on on half my stores and not the others so you know you have to have right. some sort of a third party observer to look that that has the ability to look at each register and compare them and see that you know you really do have only three versions out there and not the 86 that that it's that mm -hmm. is the fact right yeah yeah, it's like you guys said earlier, they're in the business of selling things, right? right? So they think the software is there and it's the same and it should work. And then, and you know, and rightfully so, they should be focused on selling things. That's kind of their core business, right? right? Yeah, like all of this stuff we speak of, um, to me, is transparent to the store and store staff. That That's not their gig, right? Right. Like calling a store and saying, hey, can you find out what the .NET version is on your register? Like, that's ridiculous. Right. They don't know where to look. Yeah. They don't know what that is. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it looks like we're at the, about the top of the hour here. So I have one more for you guys. Um, what do you think will be the future trends sort of in creating system stability? Um, you know, any thoughts on things like AI or machine learning in terms of how it could sort of help uh, fix issues and, and correct things? Uh, yeah. Jeff, go ahead, please. Um, I would say... I mean, fix issues is is a different domain than system than, than monitoring. In that, you know, what to do True. with the information is is a different question than, than gathering the information. But I think that this is a right. area. If you've got good data collection, then I think this is an area right for um, you know statistical analysis, machine learning. Because one of the things that machines are very good at is just sort of building correlation. So I've got this huge data set of all the things that are happening on every register. What are the relationships? You know, it does, does mm -hmm. this combination of software versions yield a better or worse result? And that result is, you know, measured in terms of what am I observing on each register? And so that I think that there is lots of opportunity for, um, you know, point some statistical modeling at these results to give you, you know, a better ability to diagnose and prioritize what issues are out there because oftentimes, you know, what you've got is a couple things, you know, your issues are prioritized by, you know, who's seeing them and what that effect has on the organization. Whereas, you know, your, your biggest issue might be, you know, unrelated to the, to the, to the manifestation of that issue. So, you know, your biggest issue is that, you know, you have a bad version of software out there that's not sort of operating properly. But what you see is, you know, payment failure or, you know, pause application crash. And so you're chasing those things, but they're just manifestations of the problem that are, you know, your integration right. layer is not is not working properly. So I think mm -hmm. one of the things that machine learning can do is just take the, um, you know, take all the human induced uh, searching out and just say, okay, whatever you whatever you perceive as the issue, here is the correlation. So Machines that have these, mm -hmm. this, this, this software are behaving X way and Y way if they have a different version of software. And so that just helps you sort of understand the correlative uh, properties of, of issues that you're seeing. 
and from there, yeah, what to do about it is, you know, is is your judgment and and your you know your project plan and and how am I going to increase mm -hmm. in, improve stability across my uh, enterprise, whether that's working with vendors or you know working on the homogeneity issues. But I think the I think there is a lot of opportunity for statistical analysis and machine learning in terms of just figuring out you know, giving me the true picture of what's happening without me having to just look anecdotally at, well, gee, what's going wrong? Mm -hmm. Dale, anything you would add? No, I mean, Jeff summed it up nicely. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much. That's pretty much the whole deal. <laughs> OK, thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of the Retail Roundtable, where we discuss retail system stability. Thanks to our panelists, Jeff Patterson and Dale Dawson, who shared their insights and experiences. Big thanks to Kyle Lingham for his production work on the episode. Hopefully this episode gave you an in-depth look at why retail stability strategies and monitoring software are vital to your business's success in creating stability. By properly understanding and managing your retail systems, retailers can maintain their positive customer experiences, save time troubleshooting, and gain cost savings. For more information regarding Red Iron System, system <clears throat> Monitoring Tool X-Ray, visit our website at redirontech.com. Our team of experts are on hand to help you with any questions you may have about how your retail business can best take advantage of this new technology. For those who wish to stay up to date on all things related to the retail industry, follow us on Twitter at Red Iron Tech. We hope, this uh, we hope this episode has provided you with an insight into how retailers can best make decisions when implementing a monitoring tool. And we look forward to having you join us in future episodes. Cheers.